Welcome to track number seven of Going Deeper and Doing More. Hallelujah. Amen. Journey that brings us closer. Alright. The journey that brings us closer. Does anybody have any questions to ask? Perhaps. Perhaps. Ben. Do you have any question? No question. Okay, I want you to say something, share something. He's begging me. Then he's begging me. Can you imagine? <laughs> Who has something to share? To ask? Somebody should ask a question. <laughs> well, Jesus had all the... was operating the five areas and he was a man anointed by God I mean he came he, he took on the form of a man um, some people seem to operate in a lot of the five but usually God has a call thank you my brother may many people serve you Amen. <laughs> hallelujah yeah, there are many people, there are some people who look as though they are actually operating in whoosh, in different aspects of the anointing. So that is, that is, but usually there is a major area of calling that a person has. Hallelujah. Now I want to say something. Yeah, Payne. Well, I think it's, 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 a, it's a continual process and it's something that happens you know, periodically. You know, because you, 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 you are, we are living sacrifice. So, you'll be sacrificing today and it's not over. Tomorrow comes more humiliation, more dying. Yeah. And so there's always the process going on. But as for everyone, there is something that you get to and that is what you must conquer. You understand? For me, recently, what was a real difficult thing for me in that process was starting out in the miracle services. It was very difficult. And it is still not easy. Because what about if nobody is healed? You get what I'm saying? What about if nobody is healed? Yeah, what about if you are disgraced? And you, 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 you announced, I remember one of our pastors, Kakra, he did a, he, he had a service in Kumasi and he called it Miracle Wave Convention. And he was, he was saying that he will never make that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> he said he should have called the program anything else. He should have called it something prophetic all night you know convention you know but miracle wave he said that he would never he will never make that mistake again that's what he said and he said he's really regretted calling the program a miracle service so there's there's something about going out into a certain area and it's something that i have forced myself, controlled myself from running away from 
to be able to continue and persist in that direction. It looks very natural when you are doing it, but it's not as natural as it looks. The person is going through something. Yeah. Sometimes you are in a small room with a few people and you, you even wonder, you know, it even is there because when you don't have the when you don't have a certain reputation for attracting the sick, you get it. When you look at everybody's face, everybody looks well. Well, who is sick in the room that even will be healed in the first place? I remember in South Africa, we had a meeting. Not so many people there. Less than a less than a hundred people. Patricia, isn't it? That particular night, and uh, I decided to, you know, after God told me, pray for the sick. It was almost if you don't pray for the sick, I'll kill you. So I said, well, I'm going to pray for them. And I just prayed for the sick. And there was a brother there. Procedure, remember, his eyes opened. He was so surprised. He could see just up to about his hand's length like that. And he couldn't see before. And his eyes just, just opened. He could see far everything. And I, I said, are you surprised? His, his words were, I am overwhelmed. I am astonished. And about... Six or eight people came to testify that they were healed of various things, including that particular guy. He looked and said, I can see the door. I can see the sign there. It was wonderful. You know, and it's like, these are steps of faith. What about if nobody is healed? You come, you say, you are a man of God, etc., etc. You come, you pray, nobody is healed. And you are going. You know, so... And, and you do it and you, 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 you go, sometimes you go, not many people are healed, sometimes nobody is healed, whatever. You just continue humbly moving on, knowing that you are nothing. So it, there's a dying process that comes all the time. For some of us, our problem is just money. Money is a problem. So when that problem goes, it'll, it'll, you just start to flow in another realm. For some of us, our problem is not money at all, it is prayer. How to let your flesh die and spend just an hour, two hours praying. This is our major difficulty. For some others, fasting is, I mean, it's impossible for you to live without eating. Yeah. For some, it is like, it's impossible for you to live without your sleep. Of a certain number of hours, a certain amount of comfort. When you pass that thing, you, are, you start sailing towards the anointing. Amen. 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 So, it's a continuous process. That's why I said that this journey, you can make it several times. Several times. If God comes to you today and talks to you about something that is precious to you and says, give it away, perhaps the Lord is starting a journey with you, trying to take you into a certain level. And maybe that is how it will start. Because God is trying to draw you. Blessed is the man that the Lord chooses and causes to approach him. And the first thing that you come to is the altar. You have to make that sacrifice right there. And that's real. When God wanted to use me, when the church was about the size of like how many we are here in the canteen, a point came at the end of 1990 when the Lord told me, stop everything you are doing. It's a conviction. I wasn't doing anything to get into a better financial state. There was no church, no church with what money. I had to talk with my own sister and 
explain to her what I was doing and ask her to give me money every month. <laughs> That's what I did. I had to talk to my sister. I said, give me an amount of money every month so that I can be in the ministry and do what God has told me to do. And she said, okay. And she started sending me money every month. That is how I... So when I was doing, when I was taking that step, I was going from bad to worse. Isn't it? From a state of hope to hopelessness, futurelessness. And so when I did that, I gave up my career and I gave up my future and I gave up almost like common sense and started walking on a certain path. But God looks at all those things as he begins to draw you closer into. And that step, you see, may not be what God is requiring you to do. For you, it may be something else altogether. Everybody is different. That's why I say that as we are preaching, you ask the thing that you don't want God to touch or tamper with. That is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way a woman will be maybe so affected by a beloved or a man or whatever it is, the way a woman may be so affected. It may be nothing for a man to give up a woman. Say, oh, is that I should dump her? Charlie, there are thousand and one girls in the system. But for a woman to give up a man, it may not just be simple as that. It would break her heart, destroy her emotions. I mean, so much will, go, will happen. So for her, it's a much bigger sacrifice to flow you know, with the Lord in that way. So everybody is at a different stage. Man, I can only say what I've said to you. I can only bring you to the water. Half of the drinking, you got to bend down yourself now and drink. Yeah, I cannot, I cannot come to Vincentia and say, Vincentia, your problem is $500. Yeah, I cannot come to Rachel and say, Rachel, your problem is prayer. No, that's not my, I can come up to where I've come. The rest is you. Yeah, the rest is you, 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 and you. Amen. Amen. Any other question? Yeah, give that to me, please. Any other question? Somebody else will ask a question. Yeah, sir. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, it is, this is all that all we are doing is just symbolic. It's symbolic. So, I mean, even the five pillars that I'm saying, it's not in the Bible that the five pillars are the five offices of five men. It's just a symbolic teaching, which is also true, that you do have to come, you come nearer to God and to His ministry through men that he gives to you. How many have watched the more than you can carry miracle service videos? Have you watched the Aman and the Chalak? Who has watched that one? Aman and the Chalak, the divine interchanger. All of you should get those videos and watch them at home. Hmm? They, have the, they have them at the back. Alright. Get them for free. Yeah. Free of charge. So you can't afford to get Shoe bread, free of charge. Don't let it pass you by. Hmm? But the joy is very generous. Yeah, yeah any other question? Get those tips, you understand what I'm saying a bit better. We will come to that. I'll be answering your question as we go along. Yeah. Any other question? Yeah.
Louisa, will you help me to answer the question? Will you help me to answer the question? You didn't hear the question. What motivates me? Hey, question is very big. Motivates. I think the Lord motivates me. The Lord motivates me. Yeah. And inner motivation. And it's also the anointing. It takes anointing to be standing and talking and people are still around. <laughs> yeah, it takes an anointing to do what is happening. Hallelujah. It takes an anointing. It takes an anointing to have something to say. You see, when somebody writes a book, you must appreciate. How many have written an essay before? How many have written an essay and after a while your, your words were finished? And people were asking for more sheets and you didn't know what they were asking them for the sheets about. And how many have written a letter and your raps got finished? So when somebody has written a book, you must appreciate it. But you know something? I want to say that for me, there's one thing that I believe is the uttermost key to the anointing, uh, to the ministry. It is the anointing. Yeah. I, I don't know of all the things, it is the most important thing to me. And before you come, you can get to the anointing. You know, all these things have to happen. I get it. And that is why very few people get to this place or to this place. Because you can give the lessons and the keys, but before you come and sacrifice your thing here, no, it's like it's a whole issue. There are people who look at me and say, oh, as for you, you know, even if you don't work, you'll be okay. You know, and it's like, oh, don't worry, as for you, maybe your parents have got money, your father-in-law has got money, your mother-in-law, your mother has got money, your father has got money, so you don't even have to do anything you know, you can just be a preacher and you'll be okay. But we are not like that. But that is not how, it, that is not how my life is. You don't know what is in my life. Amen. Amen. You don't know what it has cost me or what it costs me to be in the ministry. And I enjoy being in the ministry. I'm prepared even to die for the ministry. Because I love the Lord and I, I love to be in His service. I enjoy I don't. It's not something I talk about. I told my wife and I said, we don't talk in our house that, oh, we are really sacrificing. We are blessed. We are blessed and privileged to be working in the, in the ministry. So we don't talk, we sacrifice. We are really sacrificing. We are suffering. We could have been in America. We could have been in Canada. Hey, stop that. We are happy. We are blessed. We are privileged. We are serving the Lord. What a joy. And what a privilege it is. Hallelujah. Right. So now we come in from here. You have made all the sacrifices, dead, Isaac, whatever. First step. And Jesus said it. Jesus said it. Jesus, remember, Jesus went through this same. Before Jesus got to the throne and sat down by the right hand of the Father Almighty, he had to come and die and sacrifice. 
And he had to go in and flow around these things. So we come to the liver. Then we come to, on the left hand side here, we have the shoe bread. And this shoe bread speaks of the word of God. Amen. Alright. Now, before you are going to get far with God, right, you need to pass through the, this stage. Anybody who is on his way to God and to the presence, and already you've started, you are very near now. In fact, if you are, you are actually there in a way. One of the main things you come at is the word of God. Now the word, this shoe bread had, was bread which was sprinkled. You can see this bread is sprinkled with something. And it was sprinkled with frankincense. Okay? Wonderful. Now let's turn in our Bibles to... Um, Where is this thing? Okay, Exodus. Let's go to Exodus again. Exodus chapter um, 25. Okay, from verse number 23. Thou shalt also make a table of shitting wood. Two cubits shall be the length thereof. Blah, blah, blah. Thou shalt overlay it with pure gold. That's 25. Thou shalt make an... To it a border of a hand breadth round about. And thou shalt make a golden crown. Okay. Verse 20. And thou shalt make the staves of shitting wood. Verse 29. And thou shalt make the dishes thereof. And spoons thereof. And covers thereof. Alright. And verse 30. And thou shalt set upon the table. Shew bread before me always. And verse 31. And thou shalt make a candlestick of pure gold. Is that not so? Of beaten work shall the candlestick be made, and his shaft and his branches, his bowls and his knobs and his flowers, and the shame shall be the same. And six branches shall come out of the side. Three branches of the candlestick out of one side, three on the other side. Three bowls, blah, blah, blah. And the candlestick shall be four bowls, etc. Okay? And verse 37, And thou shalt make the seven lamps thereof, and they shall light the lamps thereof, that they may give light over against it. Amen. Amen. And the tongues thereof, what's his name? Bobby, can you please light the candles for us? Alright. So now, we've come to this holy place. Hallelujah. We've come through the door. And we are now fellowshipping around these two important things, or three things. Bread on the left, candlesticks, lamps. There's supposed to be seven of these. But this one has more. Alright. Just can you light them and stabilize them? Yeah, yeah, you can do that. No, keep them all in bags. Doesn't matter. Let all be in and just. Okay. Great. Now, anybody who is going to go far with God needs this, this, this. This represents the Word of God. The candlesticks represent so many things. But one of the things it represents are the seven spirits of God. Let's turn our Bibles to Revelations. The book of Revelations. And we will see. We look at chapter 1. The book of Revelation chapter 1. Let's read verse 4. It says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace 
from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits of almighty God Amen seven spirits of almighty God now what are these seven spirits go a bit further in chapter 1 and you will see something right there alright and when I saw him in verse 17 I fell at his feet dead When I saw him, I fell at his feet dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. Verse 19. Write the things which thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be, the mystery of the seven stars, which thou saw in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. Alright, these are the seven golden candlesticks. There are actually nine here, but they are supposed to be seven. Alright. And the seven, now he says, the mystery of the seven stars we saw it in my right hand, the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. So that, that represents the seven churches, but it also represents the seven spirits. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 6, it says, And I beheld, and lo, are you with me? In the midst of the throne of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb. Alright? Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. I'm just trying to show you that the spirit of God is also divided into seven spirits. Maybe you've not heard it before, but it's there. Revelation chapter 4 verse 5. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire. Amen burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So there were seven lamps burning before the throne. Is that not so? Which are the seven spirits of the Lord? Bobby, do we have seven now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Let's just have seven. Okay. So, the throne is there. And out of the throne, what does verse 5 say? Revelation chapter 4 verse 5. Out of the throne proceeded what? Lightnings. Thunderings. And what else? Voices. And what else? The seven lamps. And what, do you, what are they? Which are what? The seven spirits of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now you must realize, as soon as you enter this place, there's, this is total darkness. We are now in a room. We are now in a room. In fact, can somebody help me? I want us to rearrange this room so that you can see better. Let's bring this here. Yeah, bring that to the side. Yeah, and put the incense at the back there. No. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, bring that here. Put that here. Yeah. Are you with me? So now, when you look at me, you are looking straight into the holy, the holy place. You get it? Are you listening to me? And right here, okay, these are the seven spirits of God. And this is the showbread. And I'm preaching right from the holy place. 
Only a priest can come here. Hallelujah. Are you with me today? Alright. So right now I'm in the holy place. What are the three things that are here? Only three things. One is this seven spirits of God. Alright. One is the showbread. And what do you think the showbread represents? The word of God. And what does these candlesticks represent? Seven spirits. Also represents the church. I don't know, but one of the things is represent the seven spirits of God. And what does the incense represent? Huh? What does the incense represent? Alright, turn to Revelations chapter 5 again. Same chapter 5 and verse 8. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals. Hallelujah. So incense represents the prayers of the saints and the worship of the saints. Bobby, how can we put on the incense? You don't like the smell of incense, isn't it? I also don't like the smell of incense. So we just put it on symbolically for a few seconds. I hope it makes some smoke. And then we can see. Now, beyond this, this is the wall. When we open this, we are going straight into the holy place. Is that not so? Yeah, some more. Can we turn it off? Okay. Uh huh. Wow. So in this room, we have the Spirit of God, huh? We have the Word of God, and we have prayer and worship. Amen. Anybody who is working for God, eh, these are the things that you deal with. Okay? So, when you are breaking into the holy place, you break in with worship. Okay, brother. I think it's okay. Wow. Hallelujah. Can you see the presence of the Lord here? Huh? There's worship going on. These are the things that take you. Hmm, smell it some way. These are the things that take you into the presence of the Lord. Holy anointing, the word, special bread. You see, they are only symbols. And they show us something very, very important. Amen. I think we need to turn this thing off. Otherwise, we can't stay here tonight. Somebody should come and help me to turn off this thing before the whole place smells. But this is a prayer. Prayer is going. Okay? Worship. Hmm. <laughs> no, no, leave it in there. Powerful. Amen. Now, how many want to be where he is? If you want to be where he is, these are the things that are there. The word. Now, the word of God 
is something we first of all need to understand. Amen. And when you come in as a priest, you have to take a bite. And be able to handle this word. Amen. And be able to flow with it. And then also, you must remember that there is no light here. So it's this candlestick that is giving you some illumination to see even where you are. To see the word properly. And to understand the word. And to get some revelation about what it is all about. Are you listening to me? Are you here or you've gone home? Okay. And then, helps you to helps you to light the prayers because we use this to light the prayers is that not so yeah the holy spirit helps you to pray it is the holy spirit that is giving you the what you call it to to worship and to pray and to flow amen okay so anybody who is going to go far with god must know these things and I am going to show you, if you want. Look, listen, when a person who has gone to battle and has come and removed his armor is talking, hear well. The Bible says, don't let him that is now going to war speak. But the one who has gone and has come and has removed his armor, he's the one who can talk. So I am telling you because I have come from a background of being assessed and everything. And I have come to a place where I am in the ministry. I am preaching. I am teaching the word of God. And I have been teaching the word of God since last night. Is that not so? Is that not so? And we have been teaching so long that I, I don't even have time to do complete what I want to share with you. So I am even cutting off parts. So that we can move on. Are you listening to me tonight? Okay. So I want you to be very alert. I believe tonight we probably close early. So that we can come at dawn. And start again. till we close in the afternoon. We are closing in the afternoon tomorrow. Some people are traveling very far. Amen. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Okay. So now. This word. It speaks of the word. Now you must be able to handle the word of God. And you must be able to eat the word of God. You must be able to receive the word of God. Okay, otherwise you, are, you cannot relate with God. All that I'm doing now is handling the word. I am ministering the word. I am handling the word. I am dealing with the word. That is what a priest does. If you are going to be a pastor and a minister, you are going to be handling this thing. You are going to be dealing with it. You are going to be handling it. You are going to be holding it, eating it, relating with it. That is the word of God. And sprinkled on it is frankincense. My sister in the violet. In front of the brother in the white. Yeah, just arouse arouse her. Back home. You're not asleep. Oh. What's your name? I want to be your friend. Dorcas from New York. Great. Dorcas from New York. Okay. Now. How many want to be able to handle the word? Now, in order to be able to handle the word, you must first be able to eat the word. Okay? You must first be able to eat the word. And when you are able to eat the word, then you can even share the word. Amen. So, 
You cannot give what you don't have. You cannot give bread you don't have. You have to be able to take in the word. Now, there is a way you can soak in the word. And there is a way you can soak in the word to the point where the word is now having an effect on you. Amen. So that it is, it is going into you in a way that it can come out and minister to other people. Now, all of us here, listen to me from today. Thank, I thank you all for your lives and you have been such good people. Whatever the problem is, let's try and solve it. You've been such good people. You have been in church. You've been listening to the word and all that. It's very nice. But from today, I want you to move one step higher into another realm of handling the word of God. Amen. Amen. Another realm of receiving the word of God. You are no more ordinary. If you've been able to come to this camp, you are not an ordinary church member at all. You are not in a military camp. You are not an ordinary member at all. You are a special member who wants to come into the deep things of God. And you must be able to take it in, in a way which others are not. Now, you can remember when David came around. One time David was running away and he came to some people and there was no food. And they said that there was only shoe bread. Huh? which was holy, and nobody was allowed to eat. How many remember that story? And the priest gave him some of the bread to eat, because it was holy bread, which was not supposed to be eaten by anyone. So what I'm trying to tell you is that what a minister takes in is different from what an ordinary member takes in. Yeah. What a minister takes in is different from what an ordinary member takes in. What a shepherd receives is different from what... Uh, 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 just an ordinary member. Uh, ordinary members, you have to just be talking to them about first and best, come to church, be serious and so You are different. Amen. I say you are different from today. How many are different from today? God is taking you to another height and another level altogether. He is talking to you about your service. There are certain problems He is not talking to you about anymore. He is talking to you about advanced things. He's not talking to you about being a Christian or how to be a good Christian. He's talking to you about how to be a minister. There's certain bread that is only for certain people. And that word is for you today and now. You see what Pastor Richard preached? He is talking to you as a minister. If you are obeying God, obey Him now. If you delay, seven complications will come in. That is not an ordinary message for an ordinary member. It's a message for a serious, high-level person. If you have to do something, do it and do it now. How difficult it is when you wait. You know, when you start thinking about things. Should I do this? Should I do it? You start analyzing. In the end, you, you don't do it. You don't do it. So God is telling us that there is a word for us at a certain level. And we must now be able to soak in the word at a certain level. Hallelujah. Now, how, what is the difference between taking in a bread of a minister and an ordinary member? Number one is the type of bread is different. The type of bread, the type of message sometimes you receive within the message is different. Sometimes, instead of hearing the word that is being ministered, you even begin to see, you know, something else apart from even the word. That is being ministered. So although I may be talking about the shoe bread, suddenly you are receiving even other insights 
to the word from the word that is being spoken. Are you listening to me? Because whatever I have learned, I also learned it from somewhere. Do you understand? And I received further insights to whatever I have learned, wherever I learned it from. Are you listening to me? Yes. So that is one difference. Another difference is the ability to reproduce the word that you are receiving. Amen. It is the ability to reproduce what you are hearing. What I am sharing with you is what I have also learned from somewhere. Anyone who ministers the word has learned what he has learned from somewhere. Pastor Richard preached a very wonderful message. He has learned it from somewhere and is sharing with you. But he's sharing it as his own personal message. How many were blessed when he was preaching? He's preaching his own personal message. But that message, he learned it from me. He's not shy to tell you that. He showed you the notes that he's preaching from. But when he was preaching, he was not preaching my message. He was preaching his message. He was preaching a message that had been given to him from the Lord. That is why I was also sitting there and being blessed. My mouth was open and I was receiving. I'm blessed when, when he preaches. I enjoy it. When I went to South Africa, I also let him, let him preach and I was happy. I was just happy receiving the word. So, so when a minister, a real minister is receiving the word, like I was saying, as I was preaching that, he was saying he has how many weeks of messages? Six weeks. Six months. <laughs> but what I'm preaching now, a minister is getting six months messages for preaching from what I'm saying. If you are a minister, you are getting a lot of things from this. What do you call it? But when you are not a minister or you are not called, you just be looking at me. <laughs> Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So God is giving you, Amen, is, is, is causing you to receive the word in a different way. Jocelyn, are you understanding what I'm saying? And he wants you to be able to soak it in. And that, that must be combined at the same time with the influence from the Spirit of God and from the seven spirits of God. Now somebody may ask, what are these seven spirits of God? Let's turn the Bible to Isaiah chapter 11. You see the seven spirits of God right there. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And notice the seven spirits that will be upon. This is a prophecy about Christ. You've got to give me a little volume, brother. This is a prophecy about Christ Jesus. He said, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Number one, the Spirit of the Lord. Remember when Jesus came to preach, He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Remember that? Spirit of the Lord is where? Upon me. Because He has anointed me. Remember that? Very good. Then number two, He says, And the Spirit of Wisdom. That's the second Spirit. Then the third one, And Understanding. Then the fourth one, The Spirit of Counsel. Then the fifth one, The Spirit of Might. Then the sixth one, the spirit of knowledge. And the seventh one, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, 
right there, you see, when the Bible said Jesus would be anointed, you see these different, seven different aspects of the Spirit of the Lord. What are all these things? We are not going into all that tonight. But the Spirit of the Lord is a spirit of wisdom and of counsel, of power, of might, of the fear of, the, of God, of the knowledge of God, and um, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of the Lord, understanding wisdom. Amen. Now many people are looking at the word of God but have not understood it, cannot understand it, cannot relate with it. And God is showing us that it is the anointing that helps you to understand the word. And that makes you enjoy the word. Hallelujah. And so we need a combination of that. And at the same time we need this prayer and this incense to be going up. So combining the anointing, the Holy Spirit, prayer and the word, your life is different. Now somebody cannot understand how I can live in this room all my life. But this is where I want to be. Blessed is the man whom the Lord causes to approach you. That you may dwell in the courts of the Lord. And you will be satisfied and blessed with the things that you are happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be in the presence of the Lord. Working for the Lord in his house. Amen. So now, I want to share with you how to handle the shoe bread. Amen. How to soak it in. Amen. Alright. Can I have my books? Where are my books? Okay. Number one. By reading. Reading the Bible. Amen. When your ABMTC starts here, you are going to have something we call School of the Word. Is that not so? Pastor Eddie, please find it for me now. Yeah. We are, going to, we are going to have school of the word. That will help you to understand what the Bible is, what is the apocrypha, what is the canon of scripture, how the Bible came about, why the Bible is different from the Quran. If that is where you can read it, read it there. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You are listening to me preaching. If that is all the word that you are getting, I pity you. Because I listen to tapes, you see my tapes and all, but I have my Bible. I read my Bible. I have my own quiet time. What I learned, that's not what I'm sharing with you now. What I learned from my quiet time, that's not what I'm sharing with you now. I have my own personal quiet time. Between me and God and how He talks to me and slaps me and faces me. And teaches me the word. Yeah. Me personally. That is not your concern at all. What I'm telling pastor, many pastors and shepherds and leaders, all that they study in the word is what they are going to preach. If that's all that you do, I pity you. So, a minister, this is a, your major food. So when you come in, and you say you want to be a minister, and you come in and you don't have the word. You don't read the Bible. Some people have enough money to buy a Dick's Bible. But buying a Dick's Bible does not mean that you have read the Bible. We were reading Bibles before Dick's came into existence. There are people who have bought Dick's Bible and are not reading it. Hallelujah! Amen. So, soaking in the Word, handling the Word, first, 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 you cannot escape from it, is reading, reading. Reading the Bible. B-I-B-L-E. I preach most of my sermons and all that I've led are my quiet times. People don't know that. Most of what I share are my personal quiet times. With the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Are you listening to me tonight? Tonight, before we go out of here, we are dealing with this word. And we are dealing with this anointing. And we are going. These are the two things you need to be a minister. Please get them. If you don't get anything, get this. Make sure you have your coffee. Have you got some coffee? It's being organized. It is rare. We'll give you a coffee break. Amen. I don't want a coffee break. You do already. You just came back from a break. Hmm? The what? The supper. It's trying to quench. I'm not moved by your faces at all. I am carrying on full blast. Hallelujah. God told Ezekiel, don't be moved by their faces. Praise the Lord Jesus. So, Bible reading. Number two, Bible study. Study of the Bible. Now, under Bible study, we have different types of Bible study. Microscopic Bible study. Have you learned about that? We have telescopic Bible study. Have you learned about that? We have, what else? Topical Bible study. You know about that? How many don't know about microscopic? Who can do a microscopic Bible study for us? If you don't know about microscopic, raise up your hand. The rest of you know about it. I'm going to ask you when you... Okay, how many know about it? Raise your hand. Were you taught here in New York? Good. Who taught you? The dean himself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you people do Bible? How many will, will want to say it practically? You don't really do Bible study. Honestly. Raise up your right hand. I mean, just an, want an honest. I mean, in a once in a while it happens, but practically. Raise up your right hand. How many do it regularly? You're always doing Bible studies. Irregularly, irregular. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. So, Bible. Big F, are you getting that? Have you got a Bible? You read it every day? You sure? Which part of the Bible are you reading now? No, not this right now. I mean, when you go home. <laughs> you have a daily bread. Now, if you use daily bread, you must be able to graduate out of daily bread. Daily bread is for beginners. Amen. Please, I cannot, I cannot say anything more important than what I'm saying to you now. How can you be a minister if you are not going to handle this? This is all that you do. The word prayer. Acts chapter 6 verse 4. When Paul, Peter and Co. were going to be asked to go and organize the food at the dining hall. They said, we cannot leave the word of God to serve tables. We must rather give ourselves to the ministry of the word and to prayer. And the word cannot work without the anointing and revelation showing you what the word is. Are you listening to me? Okay. So, that is all that we do. The next one is using... Reading of books, 
Bible-like books. Can I have a copy of all the books at the back? One each. Alright. You need to get the books. Now I'm showing you like I was trying to show you with the killing or the dying. There is a way you can make it easier. How many would agree that sometimes when you read the Bible it is dead looking, dry, isn't it? Experienced it before. Now when you read books, okay, it helps. Now did you know that only 20% of people in America read books? Did you know that? And it is the top 20% in the society who read books. So only 20% of the society buy books and read books. Okay? Now, we have written so many books here. Is that not so? Is that not so? Now, how many have not got these books? Raise up your right hand, please. Raise up your right hand. Raise up your right hand. Can I see your hand? How many have got all of them? You don't have the new one. Okay. How many, apart from getting them, you've read them? How many have read them? You've read some. Were you blessed when you read them? Very good. Now when you read them, it helps you and directs you with the word of God. So anyone who is a minister, and I'm teaching you to be a minister, you will always have your Bible and you will always have a book or other that you are reading on the side. When you read something in the book, it will help you even to throw some more light on things that you are reading and studying in the word of God. Hallelujah. So a minister, you need to soak in the word and you need to get the books. What did Paul say? Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let me show you that scripture. Hallelujah. Okay? 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee. And the books, but especially the parchment. Amen. He said, when you are coming, bring me my books, especially my parchments. Now, this is a book, this one. Loyalty is a book. How many don't have this book? How many don't have one? Make sure you get one. Amen. It's very cheap. Backsliding is a book. Make sure you get one. Very cheap. These small ones, forgiveness made easy. It's a parchment. The small books are the parchments and the big books are the books. Okay? Get them, soak them in, read them, and your life will never be the same again. Anakazo. All these books are books that... You don't have Anakazo here. Alright? Okay. Make sure you get... Let me tell you something. I am telling you a simple... I was listening to Yongicho. Yongicho was saying, I read the books of Billy Graham, T.L. Osborne, uh, Robert Shula, this, that. Every great man is reading other people's books. I have the books of all the other pastors in Ghana who have written, all oh, American, Korean, what have you. I have the books. I read the books. I read the books. 
yesterday I, I went into a, when I was in Louisiana I went into a bookshop with Pastor Joel and another pastor and I was supposed to speak at the church in a few minutes and when, when I saw the bookshop I said hey there's a Christian bookshop here and I said can we go it was about 6.30 and the service was starting at 6.30 American time they were going to start exactly 6.30 exactly 6.30 they start doing praise and worship then I said well, let's just go in for 5 minutes and you know what the pastor said he said a pastor going to a bookshop for five minutes is not possible is that not what he said joe yeah and he was right well we were there for about 15 20 minutes and i said look we have to go otherwise we are going to be late because as soon as i got in there and i started to see certain books i was immediately interested i wanted this one i wanted this one i wanted most of the time when i'm traveling heavyweight books amen because books are precious. When something is valuable to me, I don't check it into the cargo. I have it in my briefcase. And what is in my briefcase? My books. And my tapes. There are some tapes I don't want to lose. Amen. Amen. Because if you have something in your suitcase, it can easily vanish. Especially if you are on a wrong airline. Or... <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So you need the books. I want to encourage you to have a book. Everyone here. Perhaps, do you have toilets in your house? Get a chair, a table, a little table in your toilet. It's a holy place. Get a Bible. I, just, I don't want to preach to giraffes. I'm preaching down to sheep. Get a little table and get a Bible and get some books and just leave them there. Anytime you go, read something. <laughs> Aquelli, what do you think? Excellent idea. Get a little, next time you go to a shop, what are the shops you have in America? Huh? Books. No, what sort of shops do you have that you can buy a little table? Huh? Dollar store. Yeah. A dollar store. Huh? Dollar store. A dollar table. And just put it. And then get your Bible. Amen? Because you see, it may be the only place you have five minutes. <laughs> and some people, when they go to that place, it's not five minutes. <laughs> and the Bible says, make most use of your time. The most of your redeeming all the time. I have him at home. I have a little table and my table is full of books. I actually bought a special Bible to put there. That sometimes I get special revelations at that place. <laughs> I'll not tell you which revelations came from that room. <laughs> you people, I'm telling you secrets today. <laughs> Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Get a Bible. If you have a car, get a Bible for your car. I have a car Bible. I have a traveling Bible. I have a Bible for my toilet. I have a Bible for my bedside. I have a Bible I preach with. I have different Bibles for different things. 
Hallelujah. And then apart from I have Bibles I use for Bible study. I have twenty more than twenty six translations of the Bible. I'm eating the shoe bread more. I say I'm eating the shoe bread more shoe bread. That's a minister. How many want to be ministers? That's your work. It's the word, word, word to the very end. And you have the potential to minister powerfully. Powerfully. Do we have more candles? When is one finished? Oh, it's over. Then we, let's turn them off. We have more. Okay, then let them burn. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? It's word, 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 word. Dr. Lindsay, are you listening to me tonight? Revival has come in Jesus' name. Be revived in Jesus' name. Be strengthened in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Wifey, hold his hand and encourage him to be strong. Hallelujah. Listen. Word, 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 word. In the place. Word, 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 word. Bible, books. Books and Bible. Parchment, book, Bible, parchment. You must be oscillating like that. My parchment, my Bible, my book, my parchment, my Bible, my parchment, my book, my Bible, my parchment, my book. So that you read something in a parchment, you go and check the Bible and see whether the thing is true. Yeah, you go and check the thing properly. Hey, I've never seen that before. Never heard that before. Never knew that before. Huh? You start going back and forth and you check. And you have special Bibles for different things. Oh, that's a minister. And let me tell you, you cannot give what you don't have. I am standing here, I'm talking without notes, virtually. Just one little point and then I know what I'm saying. And I'm talking to you, for I've been talking since last night. I've been talking since last night. I think I'm getting to 50, that's why I'm even tired. Because normally I would not be tired. I don't know why I'm feeling tired. The 50, uh, 50 something that is coming, trying to come. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Yeah. God is showing us that His Word is everything. And you cannot give what you don't have. Don't plan to preach with notes. Preach from your heart. Preach from your heart. When you preach from your heart, people can see the difference. You are telling them things that you believe in personally without having to write, read out things that you, you know, it's from your heart. When Pastor Richard was preaching, he was preaching from his heart. From the depth of his heart. He was saying that life is too rapid for him. He's surprised that he is dropping his child at school now. And remember when he was dropped at school. And things are going too fast. Soon his daughter is coming to tell him that she's in love. It's too fast. It is, it is, it is the reality the person is talking from his heart. It's when the word of God is in you. And let me tell you something. All of us must decide, you know, I want you to come and terrorize your pastor. Some people came to see us, want to start our church in Connecticut. All of you must want to start. Yeah, all of you must want to start. Not that you are trying to desert Pastor Joel, but you also want to get involved. Amen. You want to have something. Because as I'm sharing with you, Pastor Richard says he has got six weeks sermon. On Sunday, he said he has got, uh, when I preach on Sunday, the Sunday sermon, he has got six, six weeks sermons. What I preach in Sunday in New York. And he said that's why he's got six months preaching. 
If you are a minister, yeah, because I also I can go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. When you are a minister and you have preaching, preaching becomes nicer for you. You like preaching. You want to hear more preaching. Because you are a preacher. Footballers, are they not always watching other footballers play? Golfers, are they not always watching other golfers play? Since I started playing golf, I'm interested in watching people playing golf. I see them playing it and say, wow! I never heard that what is Tiger Woods. Tell me. When you start to do something, suddenly you become interested in that thing. That's why many of you are not interested in the word of God. Because you are never going to share the word of God. You are just receiving and the pastor says so. What did they say I should say? I'm saying it. I'm hearing it. And you are becoming obese. Do you know what obesity is? Obesity is overweight. You've heard and heard and when the pastor says Abraham, you know what he's going to say. When he says Isaac, you know what his next message is. Anytime you hear something, you know. And you start to say, ah, you know all his stories. Listen, when he says this, this is the story he's going to say. When he says this, this is what he's going to say. And this one, this is what happened. But when you are a minister, I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma last year when Kenneth Hagin Jr. was preaching on the last day. As he preached, he said, listen. I, he said, how many times do you think I have heard the stories my father is telling? He said that the stories his father told me, how many times do you think I have heard those stories? And he said that some, and he's always, he's being blessed. He said that sometimes he's preaching, that he goes to the crowd and he sees people. Instead of writing, oh, they have written things to do. <laughs> things to do. List of things to do. Instead of writing the notes of the message. But he is receiving the word. Anyone who's going to be a minister must suddenly delight in the word. I was watching Kenneth Higgins uh, preaching about 25 years ago. When he was preaching about El Shaddai. And you see, every time as a minister, when you are hearing, you are watching or seeing, you get more than others are seeing. As I said, when you are a minister, what you get is more. As he was ministering, I was looking at the people behind Kenneth Hagin. And I was looking at the crowd. The room was something like this. As Kenneth Hagin was ministering, at that time he was 50 years old, his son was, I couldn't even recognize him. I was a young man sitting on stage. There was a man and his wife or his beloved or whatever. People were sitting. As Papa Hagin was preaching, this one would, and they would laugh. <laughs> Different people were different attitudes. Some, some was yawning. But Hagin Jr., Hagin Jr., he was sitting there. He was about 35 years old. As his father was preaching. The son, who is in the house with his father. Amen. Come at the point his father jumped. He also jumped up. He was soaking in the word. When you get that video, watch it. Else I die. As I looked at him, I said, there is no wonder why today this man, Kenneth Higgins Jr., has got a church of over 6,000 members sitting there. Because he loves the shoe bread. And he's loved it for a long time. From the time that he was 35. He's 60 years old now. Higgins Jr. The junior is 60 and the senior is 83. And they are still preaching and going strong. You can see those who are going to be ministers. They love the word of God. 
Listen to Young Gicho. When he was a young preacher in a, a tent, he was reading books by Billy Graham. Oh, I see you reading books from tonight in Jesus' name. I see you reading the parchments. Amen. I see you reading them. I see, I see even you writing books in Jesus' name. Oh, you're right, Cry. You're right. Hallelujah. The next one is soaking in of tapes. Tapes. Now, how can you learn how to preach? One of the best ways is to watch and assist. In, 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 in surgery, at least in Kolebu Hospital, the formula is simple. Watch one, assist one, and then do one. Is it the same formula in America? Watch one, assist one, then you do one. In other words, Somebody is operating on the liver. Watch him operating. Assist him operating. Then operate. That's the way to learn. Okay? You want to be a preacher? I am telling you how to be a preacher. Okay? I am telling you how to handle the word of God. First of all, watch preaching. Listen to preaching. Assist in preaching. And then preach. There's no way to learn how to preach than to preach. And people will be annoyed with you when you preach. There is no other way to preach. Learn how to preach than to preach. Yeah, you are thinking, oh, Bishop, I'm going to get all my formula and all that. You can get a lot of form. It's like swimming. You can read it and read it out. You have to fall inside the water. There's no other way. You've got to hear it and 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 hear it. And hear it, and hear it, and hear it. You've got to hear the same message sometimes for years. For years, until the message begins to enter you. Until you can preach the message, as well as the person who preached it. That is the way, and I didn't know, you know, what I'm sharing with you, I did it accidentally. Or perhaps the Holy Spirit showed me. I did it accidentally, but now I know what I did. And so I teach people to do it. I teach people to listen to tapes intentionally. Listen and listen and listen until you can preach what has been preached in the same way. When Pastor Richard was preaching, he was preaching what I have, exactly how I would have preached it. That is how, but only with his, his own personal whatever. He preached exactly. And if you want to, Pastor Richard is one of the pastors who has one of the largest uh, of our lighthouse churches with branches. Of all the branches that we have. Yeah. Ten or eleven branches. The anointing of the Lord is upon his life. It's very simple. But when you tell people they don't, and people people would insult us and say, say to us, "Oh, like us, we are just making clones." Do you know what a clone is? And Pastor Richard, when Pastor Richard heard, he said, "I am the chief clone. I like it." <laughs> Wisdom is justified of his children. Of his children. Yeah. When I went to Korea, I saw, you see, all the cars, Hyundai, Daewoo, blah, 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 all those cars. They just learned it from Japan. When they wanted to make Daewoo, they went for Opel, and they said, we are copying Opel. They went for Mitsubishi, that was um, Hyundai, and they copied it. And then, uh, what's the other one? Kia, that was Mazda. 
They just copied directly. So the first Kia and the first Dai was an Opel. The first Hyundai was like, just like a Mitsubishi. And as they mastered it, then they started to change it. And now when you see a Hyundai, you, you don't know whether it is Mitsubishi, it's Hyundai. But they picked it directly from Japan. Japan are their next door neighbors. When somebody has succeeded next door to you, please, please, intelligence will tell you to just photocopy what you are seeing there and start flowing with it. It's intelligence. It's intelligence. stupidity rather not to see it. Amen. Who said you don't learn? You learn from somewhere. As I'm preaching, I'm preaching well and I'm preaching under an anointing. For us to be here, you are sitting, you are awake, we are preaching. It's something. Learn it. You can have it. You can do it. You can talk to people. You can walk in that anointing. Do it. One of our lady pastors, Lady Pastor Joy, she told me, she said, Bishop, one, I just said to myself, this is what Bishop did. He called all of us when, when we were pastors and took us to a hotel and taught us the word. He said, I'm going to do the same thing. Calling all my shepherds, taking them to a hotel, and I'm going to teach them the word. That's all. <laughs> they are blessed. It's simple as that. Please don't look too far. Look at how advanced Korea is the, one of the most advanced car makers in the world. When we went, we saw a car, Daewoo Chairman. It's bigger than a Benz. It looks just like an E-class e, um, e Benz. Do you have some here? Daewoo Chairman. When I was being taken to therefore they took me in one of those chairmen. Television and everything at the back. And, oh, they have just looked at Mercedes. They say, oh, is it Mercedes Benz that is a CD? We shall make some here. The car looks just like Benz. They put on it, Chairman. <laughs> <laughs> The road to success is not hard. It is intelligent people who can see it clearly. I am telling you something. Please, I am preaching to you. I'm preaching. I've preached until my church grew. That means that the preaching is working. Follow it. Soak it. Learn how to preach. When Pastor Richard was preaching, he was preaching exactly like how I preached. When some of the phrases say, I remember. One time I was writing the book, someone said, I've, I've written, I remember, I remember too much. When I preach, that's what I say, I remember. I remember. And if you learn how to pray the book, at a point you will start to remember. When you preach and you get to a point, then you I remember some time ago, this and that. A, a straight away, your preaching has come alive. Yeah? Why should you not remember? Remember, please. And start telling the people, when you don't remember anything, your preaching will be dry. Remember something right now. And you see, there are many things you pick up automatically without thinking or realizing that you are picking them up. It just comes naturally. And you soak them. Please, I'm trying to train you how to be ministers. I'm not trying to go above your head. I'm trying to be practical. You can minister. As I sat in those days listening to Fred Price, I didn't know that I was learning how to be a pastor. And one day I remember, I was speaking in my church I remember <laughs> I was preaching in my church and as I walked up and down preaching I said there you are that's it what you saw in Fred Price church you are standing exactly the same type of church same size of church you are walking up and down you are preaching the word of God people have come the crowds are there this is it you are there what you saw 
and what you were talking without even knowing, there you are. That's exactly what is going to happen to you. What you see and what you hear, you'll find yourself moving in it, walking in it, and you wonder, wow. It's as simple as that. It will happen. It's happening right now. It's happening now. It's happening now. It's happening now. I didn't come here to teach you that I'm a superman. I came to teach you that you are the one who's going to rise up and be great in God's kingdom. I have always been trying to push people out. I am an eagle trying to push my baby eagles out. Always I've been trying to throw my babies out of the nest so that they start flying. But I can see some flyers who are just crawling with, with chickens. And they are eagles. Eagles fly and they are just going to... But you see, if you don't know how to minister the word, you will start preaching and people will die in the congregation. Oh, yeah. You'll be, you be preaching. And somebody will stand up and say, look, we are not being blessed. We are not being blessed. <laughs> to be honest.